Welcome to Taboo Tuesday. You can be a mother who hate your child but also love your child at the same time. There should be kayak harus ada keberanian dari setiap diri orang juga untuk mengakui kalau misalnya oh iya, aku tuh sebenarnya belum siap nih. How much you love other people itu sama dengan how much you love yourself. Iya, jadi kalau misalnya you love yourself so much unconditionally then you gonna be able to love other people unconditionally as well. Nah kalau ngomongin tentang punya anak-punya anak juga ya, banyak banget yang bilang kalau punya anak itu to save their marriage. Sama juga ada yang bilang pasangan kita itu bakal berubah kok kalau kita punya anak. Jadi mending punya anak aja deh biar kelakuan dia bener. Oh my God, stop making children your tools for therapy. Stop <laughs> Padahal mereka yang harus terapi nanti. Oke, okay, welcome back to Tabu Tuesday. Kita akan ngomongin tentang things to know before deciding to have kids. Dan kalau buat teman-teman yang mungkin sempat ngikutin story Catwomanizer beberapa hari lalu, beberapa minggu lalu sih tepatnya. Jadi waktu itu gue lagi ngomongin tentang child free. Nah, child free itu mungkin banyak orang yang mikir sekedar orang yang nggak punya anak aja. Padahal sebenarnya beda sama orang yang nggak punya anak karena bukan kemauan mereka. Jadi mereka itu namanya childless. Nah, kalau yang child free itu biasanya orang-orang yang nggak punya anak atas kemauan mereka sendiri. Kenapa waktu itu gue ngomongin tentang child free? Karena kalau gue pribadi sebenarnya mungkin kalau bisa gue bilang gue itu lebih ambivalent. Ambivalent in the sense that pada saat ini usia gue sekarang 32 tahun, I cannot see kids in my life at the moment atau mungkin in the next 3 years karena kalau buat gua lifestyle-nya tuh beda banget. Jadi kalau kayak gua, for example, kalau enggak lagi pandemic gini, I can just pack my bags and then go to uh, Vancouver alone and then spend uh, like 3 to 4 months there. So kalau gua punya kids itu enggak make sense aja buat gua right now. Nah, on top of that, kalau buat gua sih lebih kayak financial responsibility-nya tuh gede banget. Kalau orang tuh ngomong ya mungkin nggak apa lah bersusah-susah di umur 20-an udah punya anak jadi ketika umur 40-an you guys udah quote unquote udah tenang udah beres gitu. Tapi not in my case kalau buat gue kalau emang kita bisa senang-senang aja tanpa harus susah ya udah nggak apa-apa. <laughs> nah, tapi gue pengen tanya ke teman-teman nih kayak ke Talita, Gita, and Kath, what are your stance on having kids? Jadi gue tahun ini 29 Dan kalau misalnya kita ikutin culture Indonesia, culture Asia, gue seharusnya udah married, gue seharusnya udah punya one or at least two kids. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have any kids and I don't think I want any kids in the near future. Nah, salah satu alasan kenapa aku tuh nggak mau punya anak adalah I don't feel like gue tuh financially ready. And I don't know how to like be responsible for another human being other than myself. As selfish as it sounds, I think when it comes to kids, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you or not yet? Okay. No thank you or maybe not yet, I don't know. But for now, it's really not in my agenda. Yeah, I can empathize with that actually. With you and with Andrea, like... When you guys said financial reasons, I was like nodding my head. I was like, yeah. And you're like, Dea was saying, oh, she wants time for herself, freedom to go to Vancouver. And I was like, yeah, I want freedom to go all around the world without thinking about lugging a baby around. And and then also when Kat mentioned 
Can I be responsible for another human being? I also question that about myself. I have two cats and one dog. I love the cats because they're independent, right? So I don't have to mother them. I get really triggered when the dog follows me around. I'm like, dude, give me space. I can't be there for you right now. So I was like, oh, dang it. Nanti kalau udah punya anak, gimana ya? But then again, like my husband, he's like the nurturing and mothering type. I I worry about the complexes my future children will have when they have such a distant mother that do not know how to like nurture. Yeah, I just don't want them to be messed up. Like I feel like there's still a few things I need to work on myself juga gitu. Jadi aku umurnya 40, terus terang aku itu sebenarnya nggak mau punya anak dulu sebelum aku kawin sama Uh, suamiku sekarang karena memang aku itu cuma mau punya anak karena I think he's so awesome dan uh, I think it'll be cool kalau misalnya kita bisa punya other people like him tetapi terus terang juga kalau misalnya kita kesusahan punya anak dan emang nggak bisa punya anak aku juga terbuka adopsi dan aku juga terbuka nggak uh, punya anak sih jadi bukan sesuatu yang aku kejar dan kalau misalnya nggak dapet My life is over gitu. Uh, itu sih cara aku ngelihatnya. Tapi yang pasti sih anak-anak kalau buat aku itu pengen biological, pengen adopsi, aku welcome aja yang manapun. Karena kids are kids. Yeah, apparently we're in that phase in our lives ya. Yeah. Tapi soalnya gini, banyak kan our society tuh bilang kalau kita udah lulus sekolah, kita kerja, kita menikah, kita punya anak. So nobody really, I feel ya, yeah, I feel a lot of people, they don't really... Give it much thought gitu kalau punya anak. Jadi apalagi kalau di Indonesia ada saying banyak anak banyak rezeki. Do you guys agree with this? Gue juga nggak tahu ya sebenarnya ini originnya dari mana. So I tried looking it up on Google and I couldn't really find a source gitu yang credible untuk tahu ini source origin itu dari mana. Do you guys know about this at all? Yes, we've heard it mentioned in the Bible too. Iya kalau di Bible itu kan ngomongnya beranak cuculah, penuhilah bumi, and then sebarkan Injil. Kira-kira seperti itu. Tapi berarti kan purpose punya anaknya bukan cuma berhenti sampai repopulate the earth. Tapi mm-hmm. ke spreading the gospel. Tapi kan itu dulu. Which means itu buat gue udah nggak relevan lagi sekarang. I wonder if like the economical situation now in the world in our country is slightly different juga. Maybe in the past like you can afford a house within like... a year or two of having your own job but these days like even affording a house like how many multiplier of salary is that gitu i feel like is there like a different kind of economical situation that maybe millennials are facing and therefore we're seeing a drop you know millennials owning homes millennials owning cars millennials wanting children apalagi zaman sekarang tuh cari duitnya aja udah susah and then property tuh harganya mm. terus naik ya Di zaman sekarang sebenarnya orang tuh stres banget kan Tapi yang gue inget nyokap gue tuh pernah ngomong tuh Kalau misalnya kayak generasi nyokap gue Atau kayak my grandparents ya Every time they look, they see me They always ask me when am I gonna have kids, right? And anak itu nggak boleh cuma punya satu Tapi harus berdua, harus bertiga, harus berempat In which there's a reason why I have three other younger siblings. We are a family of four. And plus my parents were total of six gitu. Tapi menurutku kayak zaman kan udah agak berubah ya. Kalau gue inget-inget kan dulu kita tuh child mortality rate itu literally so high that children 
rarely survives childhood. At the same time, economic system di zaman dulu ya itu juga lumayan berbeda. Karena dulu kan intensive on labor, right? For example, agriculture. Kalau misalnya petani gitu, mereka kan harus punya labor, ya kan? Dan labor cost itu enggak semurah. Unless it's like from your own kids, right? You can make your kids work. Maybe that's one of the reasons why people in the past, they really, really love having a lot of kids. Yeah, and also I wonder if one of the reasons, yeah guys, like, KB itu kan less prevalent in our parents' days and also our grandparents' days, you know? And maybe it's more taboo to go to the pharmacy and buy birth control pills. <laughs> Even now, it's still taboo, maybe, yeah? Maybe some people still feel it's judged upon. And then I also um, were told, because I grew up in a highly Catholic environment in my church when I was growing up. Actually, we were taught that using contraception is actually a sin. And we were also told that having children is like a blessing from God. And so then sometimes we worry like, is this diartikan in the wrong way maybe? Yeah, actually, kalau kayak di religions yang ada di Indonesia khususnya, I think most of them would agree with you juga sih kalau kayak gini. Makanya banyak kalau yang gue dengar dari follower gue, suami-suaminya mereka bahkan gak ngijinin kayak ya udah anaknya udah empat, ada lima, ya terusin aja. Mm-hmm. Padahal sebenarnya buat gue honesty, ini ada hubungannya sama episode Sandwich Generation kita sebelumnya. Like I said, itu kan juga nyari di Google-nya pun banyak anak banyak rezeki ini datang dari mana. Itu aja. Ceritanya kan kita susah dapatnya dan ini adalah semacam wisdom zaman dulu waktu masih sistem agrikultur di mana memang kalau misalnya kita punya anak yang untungnya nanti bisa gede uh, dia bisa kerja uh, untuk kita juga untuk keluarganya dan juga nanti menikah itu adalah sebuah sistem sosial juga jadi itu adalah cara untuk misalnya naik ke dunia sosial yang lain atau misalnya itu adalah cara sehingga two households bisa bergabung dalam bentuk ekonomi uh, jadi I think zaman dulu it might make sense uh, tetapi sekarang kan sudah beda banget kita aja sekarang udah banyak yang nggak tahu neighbors kita itu siapa boro-boro <laughs> you know nyoba jodoh-jodohin kayak zaman dulu banget dan juga zaman dulu child mortality rate yang seperti dibilang yang lain itu juga tinggi sekali apalagi sebelum ada vaksin hmm. waktu orang gampang banget dapat polio dapat segala hal um, jadi memang kalkulasinya beda aja sekarang kita aja sekarang sebagai manusia hidupnya panjang banget jadi satu karir pun mungkin nggak cukup hmm. karena we're literally outliving retirement age hmm. gitu kalau misalnya sekarang let's say orang retire umur 55 atau 60, tetapi udah gitu mereka hidup sampai umur 90. Nah loh, kan di economic system yeah. sebenarnya siap nggak untuk itu? Iya, karena kalau lagi ngomongin tentang anak seperti ini, akhirnya banyak follower yang mulai cerita tentang MBA, Married by Accident. Karena kalau di Indonesia ini, atau mungkin bukan di Indonesia aja sih sebenarnya, kalau ngomong misalnya tanda kutip kebobolan, orang beranggapan bahwa bertanggung jawab yang benar adalah dengan cara menikah, kemudian abis itu punya anaknya, dilahirin anaknya gitu loh. Padahal menurut gua, honestly, for me personally, yang namanya taking responsibility of our actions, itu bisa diterjemahkan banyak. Menurut gue pribadi, ini nggak seharusnya dipaksa. Apalagi kalau MBA itu, mungkin ya menurut gue itu kebanyakan tidak direncanakan. Dan karena nggak direncanain, mungkin jadinya... You don't really quote unquote choose your partner. 
belum tentu they're the right partner for you long term sebenarnya. Dari sini, we're inviting our friend Nina Nikichio to share her story. Karena kebetulan juga Nina udah go public juga about her MBA story. So, pokoknya kita akan belajar dari pengalamannya Nina. Hi Nina, how are you? Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. Iya, senang banget. Jadi, karena lu juga mungkin udah sering ngomongin tentang pengalaman MBA, dan gua tuh pengen kita semua belajar dari your experience di sini. Can you please tell us more about hmm. your experience? Oke. Okay. So, first thing first, um, gue mau cerita sedikit kalau misalnya I did abortion juga for three times in my life before I actually decided to have kids and mm-hmm. you know and get married when i was young in my 20s i made a lot of uh, bad decisions in my life and tapi one of those um, itu sebenarnya juga i got married um, i got sorry not got married tapi i got um, pregnant accidentally with guys that i thought that not fit gitu buat kayak jadi suami gue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what makes it different though with the last one was because well I didn't know any better tapi cowok-cowok sebelumnya itu semuanya pada kabur jadi mereka semua pada yang pas gue kasih tahu kalau misalnya eh gue hamil nih terus pada kabur gitu hilang gitu nggak <laughs> ada kabarnya atau kalau mereka langsung bilang kayak aborsi aja nih gitu oh ya udah oke okay. jadi it's like you know it's a mutual decision and it's like you know oh ya gitu I wasn't ready he wasn't ready but the last one ini pas waktu tahu hamil terus habis itu dia bilang no don't do it jangan aborsi please because you know it's wrong in religion gitu please just you know let's raise this get um baby together we can change we can be better together gitu and i thought oh my god so sweet and um i didn't know maksudnya i didn't know any better kalau misalnya seharusnya semua cowok seharusnya kayak gitu gitu and i thought i thought it was special gitu benar sih you know <laughs> so he was um me I was I was 29 back then when I had my first um, child and it was true I mean I aku tuh enggak sama sekali tidak menyesali punya anak sama sekali enggak because then I changed into a better person because of her hmm. but turns out my ex-husband didn't so jadi I was growing tapi dia enggak gitu Um, getting married simply because you know you want to have kid or you know married by accidents in my case can create a lot of problem that can be caused by that by that gitu. Jadi enggak cuma kayak ngebesarin anaknya aja and you semuanya kelihatannya tadi rosy and you know it's gonna be nice you know tapi sebenarnya enggak. Kalau misalnya memang belum siap ya sebenarnya enggak usah enggak enggak usah dilakukan gitu. There should be kayak harus ada keberanian dari setiap diri orang juga untuk mengakui kalau misalnya oh iya aku tuh sebenarnya belum siap nih jadi supaya you know all of the problems for example I think I was I I am still I am still lucky because I am surrounded by very supportive family and supportive friends you know now I am in a very good condition mentally and physically dimana ya aku juga bisa kayak very comfortable talking about this you know there are a lot of Um, people out there, I think mothers out there, mungkin ada regret gitu having kids, terus habis itu jadinya malah jadi ada masalah lebih banyak lagi sama suaminya, terus itu sama keluarganya even, terus dijudge macam-macam gitu, yang which I think is unnecessary. Jadi maksudnya tuh sebelum 
you know, going to decision to have cat, itu maksudnya banyak banget yang harusnya tuh diomongin gitu sebelumnya. Yeah. Gitu banyak banget considerations wow. ya sebenarnya. Jadi, tadi Nina bilang, kalau emang if you're not ready, jangan paksain. Nah, itu sebenarnya yang tadi gue udah bilang di awal. Kalau menurut gue yang namanya taking responsibility of our actions atau bertanggung jawab atas pilihan kita, belum tentu harus dengan cara, menurut gue pribadi again, harus dengan cara menikah dan punya anak. gitu kalau memang belum siap dan hmm. you're not ready dan menurut gua nggak usah dipaksain karena gini I have a story juga jadi my mom uh, when she had me she was already married but she was only 25 she doesn't really have a strong mother figure herself jadi dia tuh sebenarnya gitu punya gue dia juga bingung ini mesti ngapain ya and then waktu itu and I know this because she actually confessed to me Waktu gue umur maybe, I forgot, maybe 18 or 19 or even in my 20s, gue lupa. Tapi my mom intinya came up to me, she apologized. Dia minta maaf karena dia ngaku, dia bilang, Sorry, I wasn't ready. I wasn't I wasn't emotionally and mentally ready to have you back then. So I didn't know what to do. Makanya waktu itu, I was raised by my grandparents. Sama, uh, sama neni juga. Nah gitu, cuma kan kesadaran ini jarang ya ada di diri orang. Dan juga untuk minta maaf ke anak untuk mengakui itu jujur buat gue kayaknya jarang. Kalau mau ngomongin tentang kesiapan punya anak, gue tuh pengen nanya lagi deh. Kayak Nina gitu. Nin, apa sih yang dulu gitu lu punya anak, lu tuh nggak expect sama sekali. Ternyata begini ya. Banyak banget sih. Kalau misalnya mau mulai dari pertama misalnya dari badan aja. Dari diri ya. So then I thought, hamil, terus habis itu hamil, habis berojol, anaknya keluar nih, terus habis itu badan gue langsung balik dong, perut gue langsung balik lagi. And I can live my life, I used to have, gitu. Jadi kayak, I will go out and party and travel and work, gitu. It wasn't like that at all. Kalau misalnya dari physical aja, habis kayak punya anak, itu kayak habis ketabrak truk. Kayak bener-bener, I don't know, actually that's wow. a really bad example. Tapi, <laughs> because I never hit by a truck. But, <laughs> kayak badannya tuh benar-benar gak bisa gak bisa jalan terus udah gitu kayak you're bleeding profusely terus abis itu kulit terus abis itu saging badan jelek banget terus abis itu and, um, perutnya tuh nggak langsung nyet balik lagi gitu enggak hmm. gitu it takes kayak for me sampai sekarang juga belum balik gitu jadi kayak It takes years and probably it would never go back to your old body gitu. Turns out gitu ya pas sekarang gue udah healing dan segala macam, it's actually um, a rebirth gitu of yourself gitu, process of rebirth. Nah, tapi tuh banyak ibu-ibu tuh yang nggak tahu gitu soal itu. Jadi maunya tuh langsung ya langsung balik balik lagi dong ke badan gue yang dulu, orang yang dulu. Padahal enggak. Apalagi orang-orang bilangnya kalau udah lu asi aja, kalau asi ntar bakal cepet kurusnya kok. Hmm, no, hmm. <laughs> no. There's another problem. There's sagging breast, for example. I, when I look at mirror, waktu kayak nyusuin gitu, kayak kenapa teteh gue sebelah kiri sama sebelah kanan jadi beda ya gitu. <laughs> <laughs> like, so unphysical alone gitu, terus rambut kontok hmm. segala macam. Bener, my, I was, I think I was almost balding gitu back then. Kayak bener rontok banget parah. Hmm. Itu benar-benar kayak yang terus selulit keluar, stretch mark keluar semuanya. It was just physical itu pas dan lo kan lihat di kaca terus kan ya. 
and you constantly looking as well at social media yang dimana ibu-ibu misalnya selebriti lainnya gitu ataupun itu atau mommy gram iya yeah. dan mereka tuh kayak yang Please. wow abis lahiran terus langsung kayak in swimsuit in bikini gitu no 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 mm. do not follow those do not believe those <laughs> at all kayak yang yeah. namanya bounce back culture itu juga enggak jelas dan honestly it's not very helpful for the typical woman ya Untuk perempuan biasanya kita itu ditunjukin bahwa kita harus mengacu ke yang outliers actually. Because the majority mm-hmm. of women gak bakal bounce back kayak gitu. And there's nothing wrong mm. with that. Gitu. I heard guys, katanya there's some hospitals in Jakarta that offers you like a package deal. Jadi like you give birth by C-section, terus while, you're un- while you've got the anesthesia, yeah. might as well do a tummy tuck. <laughs> liposuction. Liposuction. Jadi nggak yeah, buang-buang yeah. itu anesthesia. Iya, <laughs> yeah, mommy makeover namanya. Wow. This is so yeah, crazy so, for me. Yeah, so physically itu ya, itu satu. Terus habis itu kedua, and then mentally. I wasn't even prepared with judgments from uh, my own family, from my ex-husband's family. my friends <laughs> or people in general and from myself i didn't expect judgment from myself either mm-hmm. yang tadinya tuh because mm-hmm. I, i got so hard on myself kayak kok anaknya kok umur segini belum bisa jalan kok dia belum <laughs> gitu oh, kayak wow. yeah. it did it yeah but tapi selain dari luar tapi dari diri sendiri juga kayak mm-hmm. am i a good enough mother gitu and also it can create kayak namanya postpartum depression juga and i got it I remember when I was when I had my first child itu I moved mm-hmm. into an apartment with my ex-husband and uh, my baby. Jadi cuma kita bertiga doang. It was in a studio apartment, it was small, and I thought it would help me to get myself back in control of myself because kan berarti enggak ada orang lain yang ngurusin gue dan enggak ada orang yang ngomong kanan kiri anaknya masih begini loh. <laughs> Gini loh, pakai pampersnya begini gitu mm-hmm. kayak wah. Mm-hmm. Udah So then I thought by being alone is gonna save me, gitu. but I was wrong. Constantly being alone, jadi itu ternyata ada depresinya juga gitu. Uh, so I got postpartum depression, then I read about it. So then I knew that, maksudnya aku tuh dapet ini. Soalnya tuh pas uh, my baby, my first child itu dia umur sekitar 5, mau 6 bulan gitu lah ya. I remember... Um, I was sitting on the sofa. I was feeling very tired. So yeah, I had to do everything like that. My ex-husband um, wasn't home yet. Terus habis itu, and then I look at my baby. And she was there in the crib, sleeping. And I told myself, I should just put her in a washing machine. At that moment, I hate myself to the core. Mm. Uh, maybe then I should die if I have like this kind of thought. Because I'm not a good enough mother. Can you see how how wow, how, yeah. how yeah. spiraling? Yeah. How dangerous is it? Mm-hmm. And you it's know, a I, loop. I snapped, it's a cycle. Yeah, yeah. But I snap back because I I am educated. I think I am educated, and I have this. I think I have this knowledge, and I have like kayak apa ya common sense, or maybe I don't know apapun itu yang bikin aku kayak enggak. No, just you know, you love your baby, and then you just do this, and then you know, and then the next day, and then I'm okay again. But I still, until now, remember that day clearly. Back then, I didn't know anything about. Masa kayak yang oh yes, yeah, benar itu normal loh gitu. You know, you have that. You can be a mother 
who hate your child but also love your child at the same time and um, i love that and that is true yeah, and wow yeah the more that i get into it the more i embrace that the more that i love myself for it and i love my kids for it as well jadi kayak enggak apa-apa gitu and it's okay but a lot of people are not into accepting and embracing who they are becoming jadi toxic like cycle sih yeah, yeah. yeah apalagi kalau kayak orang-orang di sekitar lo tuh kayak ngomongnya you should be grateful selalu tuh yeah. penekanannya <laughs> adalah intinya you should be grateful you have a kid number one number two anak lo tuh normal gitu sehat walafiat gitu loh padahal menurut gue depression tuh enggak ada hubungannya sama not being grateful at all mm-hmm. I love that you said that that is so true can Can you say it louder for literally everybody ever? <laughs> soalnya, um, soalnya menurut gua itu kita itu sering membuat hidup dan pengalaman manusia itu terlalu one-sided. Jadi only positive, only negative gitu. Padahal kan sebenarnya the richness of human experience artinya kita bisa aja sangat suka uh, sesuatu tetapi juga merasakan pedihnya. hal-hal dan pengalaman kita bisa aja misalnya gini uh, aku kan sekarang lagi nyoba punya anak kan tiap kali aku dapat mens itu aku sedih dan of course itu artinya memang bukan waktunya tetapi ya di kesedihan itu juga ada honestly sometimes mungkin lega karena artinya aku memang belum siap gitu but I don't know I really like that you brought this up uh, Andrea soalnya Apalagi kalau pengalaman tentang anak atau anything to do dengan children, orang itu bisa cepat defensif dan bilang, enggak, pengalaman kamu pregnancy, pengalaman kamu punya anak itu semua harus super perfect, kamu enggak boleh komplain sama sekali, dan kamu enggak boleh nunjukin the richness of your actual experience. Jadi itu very satu-dimensional aja. Pokoknya semuanya tentang anak dan keluarga itu 100% perfect. Kita nggak boleh komplain, kita nggak boleh bilang apapun yang negatif. Kalau nggak itu artinya dot-dot-dot gitu. Culture langsung masukin, masyarakat langsung masukin begitu banyak stigma, begitu banyak pendapat dan opini. Padahal sebenarnya the richness of human experience artinya banyak hal punya banyak sisi, including punya anak. Exactly. What I keep hearing actually, and one of the burning questions I have coming into this discussion, guys, itu, um, I've been thinking, I mean, I've been married for almost a year. Also prior to this, I was thinking like, when would I feel like I'm ready? Gitu. And then when I talk to my friends who's had children, they're like, yeah, you'll never be ready, but that's why you should have kids. Like you'll change or you'll become better or different like you'll never be ready so I was like I'm wondering and I want to ask Nina like was there a point where you felt like yeah like I'm ready first thing first um, about you know you'll never be ready and then you just should have children I think that's absurd yeah <laughs> bad advice <laughs> yeah please don't do that, um, that I yeah, think... that's what people are saying though <laughs> <laughs> yes It's true that for some people feel that you never be ready to have kids. But I actually think that you can be ready. One of the ways, I mean, like coming from my experience, uh, you can be ready by actually like healing yourself. If you don't heal, you will project your fear and your trauma to your kids. So then your fear and trauma, it's from your mom and your parents, right? 
or, yes. or your caretaker, whoever. So it's like a cycle. So people are like saying that, oh yeah, kalau misalnya lo orang tua pencuri, anaknya jadi pencuri juga gitu. Atau kalau nggak orang tuanya, they have these judgments, right? Kalau misalnya orang tuanya rajin, anaknya juga rajin gitu. Mm. But I think it's because of that. It's it's because of projection of fear and trauma that we give to our kids. I think because I've done my healing work again and again and again, and I'm in in much better state now. Tapi dulu tuh I can see why. Um, you know, I I done things that I'm not proud of. Salah satunya adalah I was I I kick my my ex husband <laughs> from the house, and um, <laughs> not I'm not proud of that. Even though, even though it was it was the right thing to do back then for me to save myself. Now that my daughter, when I got angry and raised my voice, she was so scared. Tadi dia baru ngomong. Tadi pagi dia baru ngomong. Dia nangis. Um, terus saya tanya kenapa Lizzie, what happened? Why are you so scared of me raising my voice? Gitu. Terus dia bilang, hmm. are you going to kick me out? Hmm. Are you going to are you going to throw me away? And I was like, oh shit, you know what? Can you see how 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 that affects kids and children? And then if we don't heal, and I know that maybe like healing takes a lifetime to do, but exactly. at least kalau misalnya, hmm. yeah, but at least. Kalau misalnya kita sendiri yang nggak heal, kita sendiri enggak get into certain point di mana yang, you know what, I'm really comfortable with who I am, and I'm really mm. like happy with who I am, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I think I'm ready to have kids. And can you imagine mm. how beautiful that would wow. be? Yeah. Uh, right? Even though like we're always a work in progress, right, Nin? Maksudnya, we're never going to be fully healed juga gitu loh. So, what's the point that I know? That I'm like okay enough. I think jawabannya itu um, di diri masing-masing sih. Mm. I cannot, I cannot tell you. Oh yeah, you'll be okay in the next two years That's if you, you, if you do this, 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 this. <laughs> <laughs> if you graduate from this, you yeah. Know? If only. <laughs> But no, yeah. because everyone have have different healing journey. They have different healing work. Mereka juga startnya juga beda-beda gitu. Traumanya hmm. jenisnya beda-beda, fearnya beda-beda. I cannot answer that. I mean, I think the only person who can answer when you you're going to be ready to have a kid or to have a change, you know, to unlearn wow. and learn things, hmm. you know, cuma diri sendiri sih. Tahu. That's why we spend so much for unlearning. Mm-hmm. Ini menurut gua mirip banget sih sama yang orang juga suka bilang itu tentang perkawinan kan kayak yeah, yeah, ya yeah. kan nggak oh, ada yeah, yang namanya juga. fully ready for marriage or whatever tetapi nggak juga sih ada sih yang namanya you're quite ready atau cukup ready karena beda banget antara kita bener-bener nggak looking forward untuk punya anak atau emang segala hal di hidup kita itu nggak mensupport untuk punya anak dan dengan kayak agak nervous tetapi sudah merasa ready untuk punya anak memang benar sih itu balik ke diri kita sendiri tetapi I don't buy it kalau orang bilang ya udah punya aja anak and you're like dude anak itu permanen yeah, I know nggak right? <laughs> bisa di refund yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying that Gita anak nggak bisa dirifan, nggak <laughs> bisa dimasukin ke perut lagi gitu. Yang kita perlukan hanyalah cinta itu juga menurut gua agak uh, ya ada batasnya sih. Soalnya uh, begitu banyak orang kalau misalnya 
kamu itu tidak healed, kayak Nina tadi bilang, kalau kamu tidak healed, kamu itu masih begitu banyak trauma yang kamu nggak bisa solve di diri sendiri. Mau cinta siapapun, drastis apapun, kamu itu ujung-ujungnya bakal bikin orang lain trauma. Apalagi itu anak yang innocent ya, yang masuknya nggak ngerti masalah lo itu apa sebelonnya. Menurut gue juga, it's kind of irresponsible untuk bilang, ya udah punya aja, nanti kan ada love gitu. Ya ada love, tapi juga perlu ada parenting skill set, juga perlu ada uh, <laughs> juga perlu ada emotional health untuk anak itu, dan apakah kamu berkecukupan enough sehingga anaknya bisa mempunyai hal-hal yang you would like them to have, itu juga harus dipikirin semua, nggak bisa digampangin. It's interesting, Git. Soalnya, you mentioned that you have a responsibility to the child, that you are healthy enough to bring the child up financially, emotionally. Tapi before, ironically, a lot of people think like what Andrea said, taking responsibility means having the child. Yes. It's, orang selalu ngeliatnya cuman anaknya lahir, gitu kan. Mm. Whenever people say, I'm pro-life, gue bilang gini, pro-life, gimana maksudnya? Pro-life anaknya lahir, atau pro-life sampai anaknya itu hidup sampai umur 80 berapa tahun, 90 berapa tahun. Nah. What is it? That's life. Karena life itu bukan cuma keluar nangis, yey, bukan. Life itu adalah literally seumur hidup manusia itu. Nyokap gue, gue umur 40 tahun, dia umur 71. Sampai hari ini pun dia bisa aja kayak nanya, kita kamu tadi udah makan siang cukup belum? Itu, that's what I'm talking about. Gak peduli kalau nanti gue pengen punya anak empat. My mom is my mom yang pasti sampai her dying day bakal nanya, Gita, udah uh, udah cuci tangan belum sebelum makan? Ya kan? Stuff like that. Dan punya anak itu karena nggak bisa di-refun juga, ingat bahwa you have to love someone yang bisa aja hidupnya nanti bukan sesuai kemauan kamu. Oh my God, yes. And are you ready for that or not? And so that's true. the big question. Hmm. Karena banyak orang bilang, aku pasti cinta anak ini. Really? Hmm. Cinta seberapa? Banyak. Cinta kalau lifestyle mereka sama sekali nggak ngikutin kemauan kamu. Cinta kalau misalnya mereka percaya hal-hal yang kamu kurang percayai. Gimana? Apa batasnya? Karena seharusnya nggak ada batas, kan? Apalagi kalau orang bilang unconditional love. Sebenarnya kalau menurut gue, yang banyak terjadi adalah banyak banget anak-anak yang di-disown sama parentsnya sendiri gara-gara let's say mereka gay. Atau mereka tiba-tiba buka hijab. Oh yeah, or marry someone. Yep. They don't agree That to. That they don't approve. Yep. Yeah. Sebenarnya tadi pas kita ngomong soal unconditional love, I think I want I want to say that kalau misalnya itu dia yang yang gue ngomong tadi juga tentang healing. How much you love other people itu sama dengan how much you love yourself. Here here. Jadi kalau misalnya iya, jadi kalau misalnya you love yourself so much unconditionally then you're gonna be able to love other people unconditionally as well. Nah, kalau ngomongin tentang punya anak-punya anak juga ya, banyak banget yang bilang kalau punya anak itu to save their marriage. Sama juga ada yang bilang pasangan kita itu bakal berubah kok kalau kita punya anak. Jadi mending punya anak aja deh, biar kelakuan dia bener. What do you think about that? Oh my God, stop making children your tools for therapy. Stop it. <laughs> Padahal mereka yang harus terapi nanti. No, yes. honestly, stop 
stop bikin anak itu jadi free terapis dan free psikologis kamu. Spend your own damn money to get your freaking therapy dan kerjain and work on the relationship sehingga kalian itu nggak putus daripada ngebawa jiwa baru ke dunia ini yeah. biar kalian bisa gunain ini anak kecil yang innocent sebagai band-aid untuk relationship kita like what I remember guys I was in a dysfunctional relationship I was totally in love with this person gitu. and then I couldn't imagine a world without him I put him on a pedestal It was towards the end of our relationship and we were thinking we were gonna get married and all of these things and I could feel him like pulling away. Terus aku tuh sampai kepikiran, wow, maybe I should just get pregnant from by this guy so that he doesn't leave me. Of course, like it never happened. Tapi tuh aku kaget sampai kenapa sampai bisa kepikiran itu di 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 waktu gua sangat desperate waktu itu gitu loh. And so it made me think like, wow, I wonder if kids are being used as a tool, yeah, like to save marriages, like. as a means to to an end can you imagine the kind of like psychological conflicts this kid would have like to be conceived for a certain outcome gitu like we have to stay for the kids mm. we have to stay for yeah. the kids gitu loh padahal you both are unhappy and sebenarnya bisa mm. dihindari dari awal sebenarnya and back then i thought i was ready you know back then i was like yeah i was ready for marriage and i was going to like have all these kids like but then back then looking back like from what gita and from what nina just shared just now like yeah i guess me five years ago and me now is a lot different <laughs> so there is a certain point where you do mature and have more understanding of yourself and loving and accepting yourself and i totally agree see Soalnya I think I'm guilty of that as well. I mean like what Gita say tadi pas aku kayak, you know, stop using children as tools to save your marriage or save yourself. And then for me, I was like, yep, guilty. Gitu. And I was, um, because I did that. I did that before when I was a lot younger and using and abusing drugs. Again, I used, um, I got, pregnant with this guy because I don't want him to leave for another woman. I had depression again after. Terus udah gitu, biaya aborsia juga gue semua yang tanggung. Jadi kayak, you know, that that was crazy. But then, on my hmm. second child, when I got pregnant with my second child, with my ex-husband, I knew inside me that I couldn't back then. Itu bener-bener gak bisa nih dulu nih. Kalau gue tuh kayak punya anak setelah, kayak gue gila deh gitu. First child itu tuh waktu itu baru umur setahun. Terus udah gitu, and when I found out that I'm pregnant again, I was like, shit, gitu. I knew that my that my ex-husband and my, maksudnya our relationship back then itu tuh enggak bagus, gitu. Kayak semakin jauh satu sama lain, karena, like I said, I was growing to that side of, <laughs> to that side of the room, dia ke, ke arah, dia tetap gitu, dia tetap tetap jalan, di, di, maksudnya jalan kaki aja, gitu. Sedangkan gue udah lari, gitu. I thought kayak, okay, fine, I should just have this, Kid, then to make uh, to make him run faster, you know. Siapa wow. tahu kalau misalnya kalau gue punya anak ini, terus habis itu dia jadi kerja lebih keras, dia jadi you know. Then he'll become mm. this man that I wanted him to be, mm. that needed him to be, you know. And of course he didn't. 
nah makanya terus habis itu you know it it was on me again and and then terus saya so jadinya am I not a good enough uh, mother not good enough um, wife not good enough person jadi kayak gitu lagi so the cycle repeated itself again mm. so yeah never use a kid as a tool to save anything definitely not to save yourself not to save your marriage mm. not to save your career not anything wow Thank you so much for sharing your experience and insights, Nina. Yeah, Nina, thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing your oh, thank you so much your stories. Thank, thank you. you for having me. I had fun. <laughs> thank you, Nina. Yeah. You're welcome Love back you. anytime. So we've learned that there's no guarantee in anything. Kalau punya anak tuh nanti suami akan berubah. Kalau punya anak nanti pernikahannya bisa jadi makin mesra, makin langgeng. There's no guarantee gitu. Karena banyak sekali faktornya. Jadi nggak bisa semua dibebanin ke anak. Uh, beberapa minggu lalu selain ngomongin child free, gue juga sempat ngomongin tentang regretting motherhood. Jadi ini gara-gara pas gue lagi... Lumayan mikirin tentang decision untuk jadi child free ini, gue ke Vancouver dan gue nemu satu buku di bookstore, itu judulnya Regretting Motherhood. Penulisnya namanya Orna Donath. Dia itu adalah sociologist and anthropologist, dia dari Israel. Dan dia tuh bikin study lebih dari 20 wanita Israeli yang pokoknya topiknya tentang regretting motherhood. Jadi intinya mereka menyesal. Di belakangnya itu, di belakang bukunya tulisannya pokoknya biasanya perempuan yang nggak punya anak itu orang-orang akan nanya, nanti lu nggak nyesel emangnya. Tapi yang orang-orang mungkin lupa adalah kenyataannya tuh bisa terbalik sebenarnya justru yang nyesel itu yang punya anak. Nah, kalau ngomongin tentang regretting motherhood itu, waktu itu ada satu follower gue yang sempat sharing juga dan pada sesi kali ini we're inviting one of my followers namanya Miss A dan Karena dia udah cerita buka-bukaan juga di story gue, so we'd like you guys to hear her story. Hi Miss A, how are you? I am good. Thank you for inviting me here. Nah, ngomong-ngomong tentang regretting motherhood, waktu itu kan uh, kamu sempat share juga kan di story. Uh, would you please tell us sebenarnya waktu itu yang lagi di share ke aku itu apa sih? Jadi waktu itu lihat story IG, terus kayak semua orang itu kayak tabu banget kalau nggak punya anak. While I'm thinking sebaliknya gitu, dan waktu Chandra bilang ada buku Regretting Motherhood, I actually feel the same. I'm actually a single mom, dan dari mulai lahir itu memang lahirin sendiri, ya memang sempat ada my ex-husband, but cuman berapa hari aja, cuman sehari dua hari, bahkan waktu proses lahiran pun nggak ngeliat gitu. Jadi dari awal memang harus um, membiayain sendiri, and it was really hard. Karena awalnya memang nggak siap, tapi sama seperti sebelumnya dengar itu bahwa orang tua akan selalu bilang, kalau menikah, biar merekatkan pernikahannya, punya anak. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like, gimana ceritanya? <laughs> Lalu sebenarnya, I was going to study abroad, and then all of my husband and my family, my in-laws say that, no, you're not allowed to do that. Karena udah menikah, suaminya gimana? Terus harusnya punya anak. So, ya akhirnya memang accidentally I'm pregnant. Terus kayak I was thinking like, okay, this is life maybe. Terus I was getting a scholarship and I have to withdraw it. Ya udah berarti ya harus harus menerima kenyataan gitu. Karena dari awal sudah ragu-ragu dalam prosesnya memang suami itu juga mungkin nggak siap juga sebenarnya. Jadi ketekanan dari dua keluarga. 
And actually, he already cheated when I was pregnant. Saya dipulangkan ke rumah oh orang tua. Oh my god. Saya dipulangkan ke rumah orang tua dan we don't even prepare anything sampai anak saya itu hampir uh, hampir 8 bulan. So every time I go to control to the obgyn, uh, the gynecologist, the sendirian, bareng hmm. orang tua kadang. Oh my gosh. And then pada saat itu, waktu dokter kandungan bilang, ini katanya cewek itu aja udah mulai gak bisa artinya cowok. Karena kan my ex-husband is the only child, terus biar meneruskan keluarga itu aja, gender aja udah harus dipilihkan What? gitu. Dan kayak, gimana kalau anaknya cewek mau diapakan? Tapi ternyata memang anak saya cowok ya. Waktu melahirkan aja, saya masih dipaksa lahir normal, padahal sementara harusnya sesar kayak, it cost a lot katanya. Tapi, sampai 42 minggu bahkan, itu nggak ada kontraksi, dan akhirnya harus operasi, C-section mendadak gitu. And actually my son, it's a boy, tapi mereka juga, my husband cuman kayak, oh iya udah punya anak, terus ternyata hari kedua, udah aku ada kerjaan, terus balik. So I was in the hospital alone. Right then. Oh wow, like, so sorry. So sorry. I was like, oh my God, this is how my life is gonna be. I was like, that's like, akhirnya temenin teman-teman gitu kan, terus kayak, berusaha untuk asi atau enggak itu aja mungkin karena saya sering baca oh ya harus asi tapi susah dan harus dalam hati itu kayak duluhlah sufur aja lah capek kan terakhir akhirnya kayak asi aja itu udah mulai ditentang don't be stupid kalau asi nanti akan payudaranya rusak begini 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 ya, harusnya sufur sufurnya jangan mahal-mahal tapi dalam konteks anak saya alergi and we have to use like susu yang memang sufur khusus untuk hipoallergenik And it costs a lot. One day, jadi dia tuh cuman, my ex-husband cuman kayak kasih duit tuh mungkin 2 bulan. And then, waktu anak saya umur 4 bulan, dia tiba-tiba bilang, I don't have money. And that's it. Oh, wow. You are so brave. I just wanted to say that. And then they come, my in-laws, and then mereka bilang, kalau saya yang menghabiskan uang untuk operasi, section itu, makanya bikin bangkrut atau apa. Dan hmm. setelah itu, they want to take my son away. Mereka pikir tuh penerus keluarga mereka. If not because of my, mungkin ada orang-orang di rumah, mungkin I don't know what will happen. But I don't have a job like that at all. So it was hard. It was hard. It was really hard. Dan dalam konteksnya itu, saya juga mengalami kayak postpartum depression juga. Uh, instead of trying to put it in the washing machine, mungkin kayak tadi, mm-hmm. no. But I cried every every time every night somebody i have a long insomnia i don't know how long was it this kayak ada suara-suara di kepala kayak itu anak kalau udah enggak ada kamu akan selesai gitu enggak usah gitu my baby was beside wow. me and then uh, my parents also kayak cuma trumul cukup kolot ya cukup kolot banget jadi kayak kamu tuh ibu hmm. kenapa sih kamu tuh bingung kerja bingung cari uang so i was working Jadi pulang langsung ngurus anak, berangkat pagi pulang langsung ngurus anak. Itu pun susah, gendong nggak bisa, ini nggak bisa, semuanya itu buat anak, buat anak. Kamu tuh ibu macam apa? Kenapa nggak bisa untuk punya rasa cinta pada anak? I was hmm. like, how, how I do that? Bukan gimana caranya? Di sini biasa orang-orang mikirnya kayak kalau lu punya anak, udah otomatis pasti yeah. akan bonding sama anak. Ternyata nggak exactly. gitu ya? No, hmm. I was like, how, how I do that? Kayak Mikir diri sendiri aja nggak bisa, gitu. terus gimana caranya. And it's gonna affect my child also. Jadi dia udah mulai belum setahun, udah nggak mau digendong. Dan dia udah kayak berusaha untuk mandiri gitu. So, I was between that. Terus setelah itu, kerja itu udah double-double. 
dia mikir ya kayak robot aja tiap hari kerja pulang ngurus anak tiap hari kerja pulang ngurus anak sebenarnya kayak gitu dan nggak ada waktu untuk analisa diri sendiri itu sebenarnya apa yang terjadi itu Mm, jadi penting banget sebenarnya support system ya kalau lagi kayak gini ya yeah. karena we cannot do that alone beneran sih. Okay, Miss A, uh, waktu pas uh, you shared your story on my Instagram itu, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned your son had a GDD, mm-hmm. Global Developmental Delay. Mm-hmm. Apa sih maksudnya selain itu? I'm I'm sure you didn't expect that at all. What are some of the things that you didn't expect juga about having a kid that you maybe can share? So our audience to our listeners tuh bisa lebih kayak oh ya yeah, ya yeah, ini ada hal-hal yang harus diperhatikan loh sebenarnya. So my son actually can talk babbling sampai umur setahun. Tapi kemampuannya tuh tiba-tiba menurun. Sampai 18 bulan tuh suddenly he don't want to talk. He didn't want to talk at all. Kayak mute sebulan itu ngomong paling cuma satu dua kata. It was like very rarely dan Semakin berat waktu orang-orang di sekitar bilang, kapan ngomong sih, kapan ngomong, udah umur berapa, kapan ngomong. Karena ibunya nggak perhatian. I was like, nggak ada yang mau bantu. Jadi setiap kali ada yang salah, it's my fault. Setiap kali ada anak kurang apa, belum makan, it's on me. Bahkan baru pulang kerja, nggak ada yang peduli. gitu Even at home. So, waktu itu belum tahu sih, mau terapi itu masih ragu-ragu sebenarnya. Anak perlu diterapi. My mom really... Agree with that. Kayak, ngapain anakmu kan normal, nggak apa-apa. Cuman kamu aja nggak mau simulasi, kamu aja nggak mau bantu, kamu aja nggak mau ngajarin bicara. But actually, he, dia memang ada gangguan di situ. My decision to uh, dia terapi sebenarnya dari saya dulu sih. Uh, was having a panic attack sebenarnya. For three days straight gitu. Tiap pagi tiba-tiba nangis dan tiba-tiba nggak bisa nafas. Itu sebelumnya aku udah sering baca apa perlu terapi ya. And then, on the third day, tiba-tiba aku udah Janjian sama psikolog udah nggak tahu deh. It actually change a lot sih waktu kesana beberapa sesi. Gimana mm. sebenarnya mungkin banyak orang di luar kayak yang penting ibunya, ibunya itu harus mementingkan anaknya, ibunya harus meluangkan waktu untuk anaknya kayak 24 jam. I was burden with that gitu karena nggak mm. sempat memikirkan diri sendiri. And then my trip is that it's actually quantity, quality over quantity. Gitu. Mm. Kalau satu jam cukup. Saya belajar dari sana bahwa oh ya ternyata saya melakukan waktu satu jam aja saya nggak akan merasa bersalah dan juga untuk memprioritaskan diri saya dulu itu nggak apa-apa. And then after that saya bawa anak saya ke psikolog juga dan dia bilang anaknya ini baik-baik aja. Maksudnya motornya baik, cuman dia menolak hmm. untuk berbicara sebenarnya. So actually my son itu menolak untuk berbicara karena ada gangguan psikologis. Dia berasa bahwa ada sesuatu di sana. Apakah ada perubahan? Ya, saya bilang dia udah mulai sebelum setahun, udah nggak mau digendong, udah nggak mau apa-apa, kayak seolah-olah pengen mandiri. Dan setiap kali dengar ibunya nangis, dia akan marah. Akhirnya dia nggak mau punya kontak mata juga. Karena dia akhirnya sibuk dengan dunianya, nggak ada yang membantu juga. So, itu dia bilang pertama, mungkin kayaknya autism spectrum disorder. I was like, Oh my god, my son have an autism gitu. Dan harus terapi secara total. Tapi ibunya juga no. harus terapi juga. Tapi thank you for sharing yang tadi udah di-share sama psikologis juga mm-hmm. dan juga thank you for reminding us bahwa ya benar sih sebenarnya happy mothers, happy children juga. Jadi it starts from the mother juga kan. So, ya yeah, mm-hmm. sebenarnya setelah mulai healing anak saya ternyata 
mulai oh iya cuman perkembangannya yang terlambat tapi memang salah satu global development and delay so like I always said mulai belajar untuk ya regret itu sebenarnya nggak apa-apa but it doesn't make you a bad mother so what do you do untuk mengatasi itu that's what counts Wow, wow, thank you so much, Miss A, for sharing. So thank you so much. Thank you, Miss A. Wow. Wow, so powerful. Kita di sini autistic juga, by the way. Oh, Hi, yeah. Miss A. <laughs> aku, so, tapi aku mungkin sedikit beda soalnya setiap orang autistik kan beda ya. Follow aja menurut expert atau pakarnya apa karena Uh, saya waktu itu nggak ngomong 6 tahun. Ibu saya waktu itu memang dapat banyak sekali pressure dari masyarakat karena dibilang bukan ibu yang baik karena aku nggak bisa ngomong. Inilah betapa pentingnya punya support system karena ayah saya waktu itu yang jadi support system ibu saya. Makanya ibu saya itu bisa terus uh, persis dan bisa you know keep going. Tetapi di situasi kamu itu thank you so much udah share karena begitu banyak orang berpikir bahwa yang namanya anak itu adalah magical pasti bisa solving seluruh masalah kita tapi yang banyak orang nggak persiapkan adalah sekali anak itu keluar dia itu bisa saja hidupnya beda dengan apa yang kita mau dan dengan apa yang norma-norma masyarakat ya dan kalau mau ngomongin tentang regretting motherhood juga yang gue belajarnya adalah regret and love are not mutually exclusive Kalian tuh bisa loh sayang banget sama anak kalian Dan kalian willing untuk mati buat mereka gitu loh Sayang saking sayangnya Tapi tetap aja itu tidak menutup kemungkinan bahwa You still wish gitu loh You didn't have them Dan itu nggak apa-apa sebenarnya perasaan itu Di acknowledge aja perasaannya Doesn't make you a bad mother gitu I'm sure you guys are trying your best too If anything it makes you a brave mother juga sih For admitting it to yourself And for talking about it For bringing awareness I agree. I think this makes you a brave mother. No, I think like unconditional love itu harus belajar juga sih. Begitu kita udah mulai belajar untuk healing, saya udah mulai belajar untuk sayang sama anak saya sendiri. Wow. Oh. Iya, benar sih. Thank you so much for um, talking about this uh, topic. It's very brave, Miss A. Dan juga oh, untuk so uh, yang lain. Just thank you so much untuk udah ngomongin hal yang dianggap sebagai tabu, which is the richness and the experience of becoming a mother. Dan menjadi ibu itu bukanlah sesuatu yang bukan hanya gampang ya, tetapi bukan romantis, bukan this idealistic thing yang pasti 100% cuman indah doang. Dan semakin kita bisa ngomongin the richness of a mother's life, menurut aku sih bisa semakin kita belajar. Kira-kira what kind of conversation do we need to have with ourselves ya? Yeah? And most importantly with our partner before deciding if we want kids. Based on yang kita udah dengar dari Nina dan juga Miss A. I think pregnancy is, I think it's beautiful to for a human being to be able to reproduce and to be able to give life. Tapi Ada juga cerita-cerita yang sebenarnya kita tuh bisa loh uh, belajar dari cerita-cerita. Apalagi yang the part where we should know ourselves more before going into any kind of like big decisions, right? Like children don't automatically save us. They're not some miracle workers. Jadi itu sih yang gue belajar. Kayak we have to be a decent human being so that we can eventually... have a happy life, right? Whether it's for ourselves or for the people around us. 
Yeah, wow, it was so eye-opening for me. I came, I came into the session with a lot of questions. Um, um, sebenarnya kayak merasa nggak pede dan mempertanyakan like, am I ready? Would I be a good mother? And all of these things, and especially being raised by parents yang juga figuring it out as they went, right? Um, similar to Andrea's story, like maybe our parents weren't also fully ready when they had us, and of course we are bearing some of the trauma of our childhood. Um, aku bukannya menyalahkan orang tua ya, tapi maksudnya keadaannya memang kita semua kan orang tua pasti nggak perfect ya, and realizing and understanding the kind of traumas that we have. Um, agree banget with what Nina said when we have to really um, heal ourselves. Pokoknya, and aku juga percaya kita nggak bakal fully-fully healed, kayak bersih banget and perfect tuh gimana. Tapi at least have the awareness kalau, wow, um, gua bakal love my child unconditionally nggak ya? Gua bakal nyoba ngatur mereka nggak ya? Am I gonna try to live vicariously through them nggak ya? Um, and... I think a lot of those questions we need to ask ourselves before we have kids and also being honest with ourselves of the reason why you know not using the kid as to cover our insecurity but our relationship or our worth or you know our worth and how to justify it to our in-laws to our parents and society and all of these things um there's so many different reasons why people can choose to have children but with the understanding that we have now with the sharing that we heard tonight we can choose to have children from a place of a power you know a, a place of compassion a place of responsibility and understanding to ourselves with with love and not use the kid for any other means than just to bring a life and and love this life and allow this life to be whoever they choose to be and then loving ourselves and accepting ourselves and acknowledging our feelings, whether it be regret, depression, any of these things as valid. And and like, yeah, just make everything conversational and non-taboo. I think that's why we have this podcast and this session has been very healing for me. <laughs> Thank you. Dan gue agree banget tadi pas Kat juga bilang We have to communicate with our partner juga about our expectations. Itu penting banget, because like Gita said juga tadi, not everything will go our way and what happens then mungkin kita maunya semua baik-baik aja tapi mungkin realitanya nggak selalu seperti itu gimana kalau misalnya anak kita difabel misalnya anak kita hmm, autistic apakah kita siap is your partner ready for it gimana caranya nanti uh, how are you gonna raise the kids gitu karena yang menurut gue itu yang harus dikomunikasikan sebelum akhirnya memutuskan untuk punya anak karena menurut gue pribadi kalau memang udah ada difference in how you will raise the kid nantinya punya anak tuh justru akan memper apa ya memperbesar gap yang ada dan menurut gue itu jadinya tuh nggak akan benar gitu so thank you so much for everyone yang udah sharing tonight dan gue setuju banget sama yang kalian udah ngomongin juga please Kalau memang ada rasa-rasa uh, regret, depression, kayak tadi Talita juga udah bilang, just acknowledge it. It's all valid. Tapi, we all understand juga, that doesn't mean that love is not there. So, I hope this episode bisa berfaedah buat kalian semua. And stay tuned for our next episode. Have a good evening, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye.